What, what, what color is that shirt you're wearing? Party. A party color? Yeah. Nice. I'm uh, typing into my Instagram. I just unfollowed every single person on my Instagram. That took me like an hour. But I'm DMing uh, Carolyn right now. Podcast soon? Yeah. Yeah. Did you see what happened? I I do not rem- uh Oh, yeah, yeah. I see what place she's in. I didn't watch any of the performances from any of the virtual stuff. Can, can you even do that? I don't know, but she wasn't first when leaderboards first populated and then there was some kind of adjustment and she ended up in first. Yeah. She's a savage. Look at how incredible her score is with Carolyn Prevost from Canada. First place in the Atlas games. How did she do? And how would she have ranked in the other competitions? Oh, I, I haven't done that enough, but man, I've been swamped West coast. Um, what was the other virtual event? Asia. Asia. Okay. So I'll just go over there and take a peek real quick and see what the fastest woman's time is. The fastest woman's time in Asia, it was 308 and Carolyn's was 232. And, uh, that's making quite a statement. Why did, why, why are the men doing it so much faster than the women? Event. Yeah, just workout six. Is that because of the muscle ups? Workout six doesn't have any muscle ups. Oh, wasn't that the? Oh, I'm confused then. Which one was that? Clean and jerk burpees. And I don't know. I think oh, that's right. Burpees. Sorry, I'm conflating that with the uh, live event. Sorry. Yeah. No, I thought that the women would be just as fast on Gretel as the men. Um, I, I'm not really sure. You know, there was a t- there was a time in HQ uh, when I was there, and Brooke Entz was doing a workout, and I think it was with Tia, and they were doing a workout, and it was it, it had burpees in it. I think it was very similar to this workout. And the one thing I noticed is that um, although Brooke moved really really well and she did the workout fast, there was a flow to Tia. Tia moved like water, and Brooke was definitely more. And this is unfair to say, but just for lack of robotic in how she moved. And so it's kind of like when someone drives, you know, there's people who flow and then there's other people like, okay, I'm driving straight. And they have both hands on the wheel like a weirdo. And then they're like, okay, I'm going to make a turn. And they put their blinker on and they get all like, they do everything in steps. You know what I mean? It's kind of like you'll see men hold babies like that sometimes. Like, dude, just flow. It's just a baby. Just roll with it. And when I see Carolyn Prevost work out, she flows. She flows. I haven't. I can't wait to watch that workout because she probably just rolls over the bar like water. Yeah, she's a phenomenal mover, and I hope we get to see it because it'd probably be a fun one to watch her do. Uh, so you're at the West Coast Classic, and it just finished. You want to talk about the men? Boy, Cole Sager looked big, by the way. He looked yoked. I had a chance to talk to both Cole and Noah after the event. Um, both guys seem pretty happy with their performance, happy to get back in a live competition for, I think, uh, especially Noah said he was like kind of just nervous and taking off the competition jitters early in the work in the weekend, but by the end he was getting back in the flow. So they're excited with how they did and looking forward to the games. But for Cole, man, this is his first time ever winning cross the competition. He never, had, you know, he never sanctional wins the first, semifinal. Obviously he's never won the game. So this is like his, his biggest win ever. 
Was he nervous? And why did he take 20th? Oh, I guess it's because it was that close, right? I mean, I'm looking at all the numbers. The difference between 20th and and first is only 16 seconds. Yeah, and he was the only athlete that didn't have to race that event. All he had to do was finish the event. So he could kind of just be calm, be cool, be collected, make sure he finished, doesn't miss any lifts, wins the competition, goes to the games. Like he didn't have any – everyone else had something to race for. He didn't. Okay, he knew that going into it. Yeah, he'd already done the work. Even to take first, or he knew he just needed to do that just to to make it to the CrossFit Games. He was he was pretty far ahead. I think he'd already like he already won first. It was interesting um, watching the video um, and watching the way Noah Olson acted after that event. It gave me this sort of Rich Froning um, esque feel, like. Like he belonged, he congratulated all the people, he had a smile. It was almost like everyone was working out in his gym. He had a really good air about him. Did you feel that from him, being on the floor with him? Yeah, I think he just was getting more and more comfortable over the course of the weekend. I mean, look, man, it's I think this is his eighth CrossFit Games in a row. He's very consistent, four straight top six finishes at the Games coming into this year. He's very open about it. His, his goal has been to stand on top of the podium. He knows he's never had a better chance than this year. He just wanted to make it this weekend. He did so really without too much stress. He's established and he knows it. And there were a lot of young guys here who did really well and guys trying to break through. And he was celebrating them and recognizing that they are at different stages in their career that he's been at before. Yeah, he looked great. He looked like a veteran. He looked like like the most mature guy out there. Um, tell me about Will Morad. I remember covering him many years ago. I watched him, in, uh, and, and when I covered him many years ago, he looked like a soccer – I think he was a soccer player, and he looked like a soccer player competing at the CrossFit um, regionals, and he did very well, but he looked like a soccer player. He looked like you. And uh, – and, and and this year when I looked at him, I almost don't even recognize him. He's got his hair shorter. You know, he's definitely put on a few pounds of muscle. Um, what's his deal? How long has it been since he's competed at this level, and how excited was he? Did you get to talk to him? I didn't talk to him, but I did talk to um, Street Warner, who, tra- who trained with him. And, and the rumors were true. He was not 100% coming into this weekend. He's been having some back issues, even some nerve stuff in the back. Had to have some kind of like weird spinal fusion, something in the in, like right before the quarterfinals, like not a hundred percent. And that's kind of the story of his career. I really think if this guy were like in optimal condition, not injured in any way, that he's a, potentially like a top five guy at the games. He could be that good. The year that he made the top ten, he didn't get to really half because he pulled his string. Like he's old, got this little. He looked great this weekend. He won event six today, the first event of the day. And, and because so many other people did, it's like kind of a specialty event, a grip and handstand push-up event, bumped down some other guys. Going into the final, he was in a similar position to Cole where he just needed to finish and he was going to make it. He, he got 18th on the last workup, but he still was like clearly in fourth place. So I'm really happy that he's made it to the games. It's one of those guys where I almost hope that he like backs off his training instead of ramped up his training because for him, uh, he doesn't need to really get any fitter. He just needs to get more healthy. Yeah, I thought when he first showed up on the scene, he was next Miko Salo, the guy who comes from soccer, has the super engine, and uh, uses that. How how old is Will? Thirty two. Um, yeah, so he's getting up. There. Is he doing this? I wonder if he's doing this to prove something to himself. I want you know. 
Uh, no, man, I think he loves it. I mean, and even though he's got these little injuries, he's in a good uh, training format with you know, Tia and Brooke and Alex Smith and Street Horner. And not all of them made the games, but they're going to still train hard and fight. And um, I'm excited for him. I'm happy he made the games. He seems really happy. I mean, I think he knew, like, it was a, it was a risk. The back, he didn't know if he'd make it through the weekend, but he did. He was phenomenal. I think the games field is better for him. Um. Why am I why am I a little a little bit emotional about Dallin Pepper and Spencer Panchik not making it? I mean, look, what am I feeling here? No, you're you're feeling it's our justified. If if weekend had gone just a little bit different, not just for Dallin and Spencer, but also for Cedric LaPointe, all three of those guys could have made the games, and all three of those guys would also do just fine at the games. But five games, veterans took the five spots, and sometimes it's just not your time yet. And so for all those guys, I think they had lessons to learn this weekend. They should all be contenders when the last chance qualifier comes around. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if one of them gets one of those two spots eventually. But I think those guys have a lot of positives to take away from this weekend. The world now knows Dallin Pepper, who he is, that he's legit, that he can compete with the, the veterans of the sport. That handstand push-up workout was going to be a challenge for him, and he couldn't overcome it this time. But he's, he's going to be back. 212 pounds, six feet tall, 19 years old. And he's already married. I mean, that's a guy not only who's carrying a lot of weight physically, but that's just a lot of weight of, of life stuff to carry. Yeah, no, I was impressed with him this weekend. He's, he's a big dude, but he moves really well. He's got an engine. Um, and, and like I said, I talked to James Sprague, one of his, uh, you know, the young guys that are, they're all buddies. And he said that they're all just learning so much this weekend. They all have a really good attitude. I mean, Within moments of finding out he didn't make it, he was congratulating the guy who did. And at 19 years old, that's a pretty impressive level of maturity. Yeah, that's crazy. And and I, I think, th- as I hear you talk, the reason why it's a little emotional, because they did get a lot of camera time. We do obviously know who Spencer is. He comes from an amazing lineage. And we know the hard work they've put in. And it's like you said, we know they... There's got to be a better word than deserve, because the five guys who are going deserve. But we know... They're capable. Yeah, they're fully capable, and they put in the work. It's like watching a guy like put in all, you know, dig a hole looking for the prize. You know, the prize is down there, but then someone beat him to it. You know what I mean? He gets down to the to the bottom where the treasure is, and it's gone. Someone robbed him of it. Even though we saw Spencer and Dallin put in all the work and dig the big hole, but when they got there, shit, someone had already taken the treasure. Yeah, and and you know it's. Nice. Just that's the nature of the sport right now. There are more guys that can be competitive at the game. There are games, and that's what we want to be. We we want it to be hard to make it, and we want guys that are to be, you know, worthy of the test. And if you know, that's that we had in the West Coast Classic. I don't know if we had that to this depth or caliber at some of the other regions, but there's a lot of people that are working hard every day to make this dream. A reality and they're not all going to make it when when uh when it comes to show is cole sager a crossfit games 2021 champion i think he's put himself back in the conversation for top five um i i need i need to take a, a little bit of time to look at the field look at how it shakes out but he's i think he did better this weekend than most people expected and you know to noah is very poor under control, appreciated what the weekend was. I think both guys will be big-time threats in Madison. Why do you say that better than people expected? 
really, I think his lifestyle stuff, the trauma that he went through, having that premature baby, 12 weeks having his, his kid in the ICU, going through that with his not sure, you know, that's a big stress. Um, and, and again, he's been training at home in Washington, pretty isolated. So there's just question mark of if he still had the desire and how much that would, uh, that would affect him or weigh on him. So hats off to him, man. He's been putting in the work. It's pretty clear and, uh, he's a good guy. So I'm, I'm pretty happy with the, with the result. Does this sport allow athletes to have momentum? What do you mean? Like, well, is this first important to Cole, like, in terms of how he's going to perform at the CrossFit Games, as opposed to if he would have taken fifth, or or, oh. or the fact, or I mean, it's clear, or, or or could it work against him? You know what I mean? Like, he's like, okay, I'm at the top of this heap. You know, I mean, it's a concern I have for um, when we talk to Jason Hopper. You know, like, is his first place finish going to make him complacent? Oh. I- momentum question is perhaps even more relevant because guys have had such a long time since the live competition so this will be a boost of confidence i still got it type thing and we've talked about it before majority like strong majority of the games podium athletes are guys who finish one two three primarily first in their qualifying event to get there so he's you know i think he's in a great spot what do you what do you think about sean sweeney is it any surprise there I don't, I'm not that surprised by him. You know, he's, he doesn't, he's not, okay, he's a very fun guy. He wears his hat. He makes jokes. The crowd even have fun at events, like, you know, do a little pump up with his arm. He's approaching a heavy lift, but he's still focused and he executes. You know, he's his fourth. Um, no, he's not the biggest, the biggest uh, shock in any event, but he's just regularly over to the weekend. He'll be a middle guy at the game but again it's a guy that i think the games field is better with because of the the entertainment value and the fact that he can hold his own he's a very respectable well-rounded athlete there there was a guy there at the game at the uh event this weekend the west coast classic at the semifinal. i think his name was sir surin sodden suvanasi am i saying that right yeah, yeah sarin suvanasi yeah and um you know, if you sum him up in one word, he's a dork. And uh, he, I saw, um, and, and I mean that in the, in the kindest way possible. I saw um, Sweeney at one time at, when they crossed the finish line. Uh, Suvanasi was bent over. You know how they bend when they're exhausted and they finish the finish line and they're standing and they bend over like the the crowd barrier. And uh, Sweeney was paddling his ass, like playing the drums on his butt. And Suvinasi was so tired he couldn't even turn around. Tell me about this guy. Uh, it, it's fascinating. Oh, he's only twenty two. He, yeah, is he? He's, did you talk to him? He's a, is he a computer? He's a computer engineer. I mean, wh- what's going on with this guy? By the way, he doesn't look like he's twenty two. He looked like he could be in the Masters. He looks like a mature man. Um. Uh, uh, Mike Coslett knows him from the his trains in a similar area and told him he told me he's pretty good. You know, another dork, good. another dork. That's perfect. Yeah, I get it. I got it. You know, he told he thought he'd do better this weekend than he did, but um, yeah, I mean, it's that's just what I'm talking about. He's another young guy. He's pretty unassuming in his stature and look very capable. He had some good performances. He struggled with a couple of the, um, I think heavier barbells might have held him back a little bit in some of the high school stuff, but. 
that's there's a lot of guys in that 22, 23, 24 age range that are gonna in over the next two to three years gonna get better and better. Um, and I think he, he could be one of those guys. I'd love to get him on the podcast. I, I got to get into that peanut of his, that giant brain of his. Um, I when we when we reviewed this group of people uh, in the beginning when we looked at the leaderboard a few days ago, Tyler uh, Tusanyan was. Uh, at the very top of the leaderboard. And now, now today that the workouts are complete, my boy's all the way in 30th. What happened to Tyler? Nothing. He was at the top because he was the last one to register. And he was the last one to register because he earned a backfill invitation to okay. be able to compete here. He's, he's at the tail end of his career. Even making the semifinals is a good accomplishment for him at this point. But, you know, just, just to call it like it is, um, this, it's probably the last time we'll see him at a semifinal, which is, which is totally fine. You know, like I said, the sport's getting younger and better and deeper. So, you know, he did everything he could. He's just not where he, where he was relative to the field a few years ago. And look how consistent his workouts are. 29th, 25th, 21st, 29th, 24th, 21st. And they're all in the 20th. I mean, hats off to him for that. It's, let's see. Oh, man, if he would have... If he would have just done two places better in that final workout, he could at least say beat Cole Sager. Uh, I think you froze on me. And uh, Jake, was Jake Berman the, the the young man that you were like, hey, this is this could be the dark horse in the group? Yeah, I thought this was going to be a breakout competition for him. Um, he, you know, basically told me he was going toe to toe with No in a lot of these workouts. Uh, the, the heavy barbell and the squat clean. The, and the heavy snatches at the start of the weekend were workouts that I thought might be tough for him. But everything else, but everything else I th- you know, I thought he'd be he'd be better on than he was. Um, he still had a great, I think, I don't know if it was the second place in the first event today. Um, so Third. You know, third, yeah. So, uh, he won his heat, third in the event. He's... I still think he's got a ton of potential. He's in a great training environment. I think he's on, he's still on the ascendancy. Maybe he just needs another year. There were like, he was the last one off the echo bike in that workout, which is a, like a little bit of a concern for me. When I did the echo bike against Matt, for, I was a similar size. Like the power, significantly different. So stuff you can definitely work on. Um, I don't think this is a total loss of a week for him. But yeah, he de- he wasn't as good as I thought he was. And he's and he's only twenty five. Um, just so you guys know, um, Brian just finished at the West Coast Classic, um, being on the floor there and covering for the news outlets that he works for. And I was out running the mile with my kid, and so I start harassing him. Are we going to do a podcast? And he has no idea what I'm going to ask him. This is like this is basically like trivial pursuit for Brian. And I have we have, don't talk ahead of the podcast, and I just have the list of people in front of me, so I just bomb him with questions. So what you're seeing is sort of a remarkable encyclopedia that is uh, Brian Friend at Brian Friend CrossFit. Please follow him and get him past the 13 followers mark. Um, so Cole Sager, Noah Olson, Sean Sweeney, Will Morad, Brandon Luckett. Brandon Luckett looked very emotional when they called his fifth place. Yeah. Uh, you know, because he had a pretty nasty elbow injury in the first workout of the weekend on the heavy snatch. He said that he never, like his elbow never felt comfortable in the workout the rest of the weekend. Um, he was almost overwhelmed. He, he said the only feeling I could feel at the end was gratitude that I was able to make it through this weekend and make it back to the CrossFit Games despite that injury. So, I, you know, similarly to Will, he needs his priority in the next five, six weeks needs to be on getting as healthy as possible. 
he's an extremely good, capable athlete, and if he's healthy, you know, obviously the games will be a lot more enjoyable for him. Um, when you say he hurt his elbow, are there medical staff on the premises at the West Coast Classic? And do they look at his elbow? How does that work? And does he have to get signed off once he shows that he has the injury, or is it all up to him, the athlete? No, there's definitely a conversation. You know, he he knew immediately. He he bailed on the barbell, grabbed his elbow. He didn't attempt any more snatches. They took him off the floor, evaluated him. Sure, he talked to him and his coach and the medical staff. He was clear to continue to participate. You know, it's definitely a risk, but sometimes in in sports you have to take that risk. And obviously, he was healthy enough to see the weekend through. And I think it's you know it was a good a really good fight back from that. Um, I think it's a big testament to him, his confidence and ability to be able to overcome a challenge like that and, and qualify. Like you said, it's, it was a good field. The guys behind him are pretty good and really wanted that spot, but he was able to do enough to hold off. In the second to last event, the push pool 2.0, is, is that the event with the sled with the wheels? Yeah, yeah, the torque. So- Okay, so there's. I have two questions for you. One, we'll stick with um, Brandon Luckett. Uh, no, sorry, sorry. We'll we'll get to that event in a second. I want. What was regional final number seventeen, two thousand seventeen? Because in that event, he beat Cole Sager, and we're talking about Brandon Luckett. And I have to imagine that that at least also would be something that he can kind of get his head wrapped around and have some momentum. Be like, oh shit, if I can beat this guy in one event. He's human. This is the, the last event, event seven. Right? Uh, no, uh, it's called regional final 17. It was event five, so it was the last one on Saturday. Okay, yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, was in the, he was in the second heat at that point. So it's one of those situations where like, he wants to make the final heat for the last day. So he just kind of sent it. He was, you know, the D ball was the last movement there, and he just held on to it the whole time. I don't think the Mr. Elbow was too much of a factor because it was in that bent position, not necessarily extension. And I'm held up in the final heat and ultimately propelled him into the final heat where he was able to then compete against the guys he knew he needed to beat to get that game spot. Do you remember what the movements were in that one? I heard you say yeah, D. Bo- Go ahead. 30 calorie bike, 20 burpee box jump over, 10 D ball cleans with 150 pound D ball. Okay. And that is something that Cole would be good at. And he did take second place, only three or four seconds behind him. The the, the final question before we move to the women, unless you have anything to say, men, and this kind of covers men and women. When I watch that push-pull event with the, whatever you call that thing, that sled, I have some serious concerns that the more energy, and maybe I, and I, hope, I hope you're going to tell me how wrong I am, that the more energy you put into that thing, the heavier it gets, and so that there's a sweet spot on it, so you're not rewarded for pushing harder. And that would really bum me out if that's the truth. Yeah, this is a, you know, there's, there's different competitions now. There's definitely a pro and a con here. So the reason that they're trying it out, I think, is because of the, you know, in the past or supposed controversies in the past with variations in the sled on different surfaces. This is meant, you know, the experiment is, is this a more uniform method of testing the ability to basically move an, a, a, an object that's touching the ground over a distance. Um, and I think it was basically a fail because, yes, you, you know, like if, if you're better at pushing a sled, you can like make up ground on people that are better, that are not as good at pushing a sled. But with this one, like you said, 
you know, your, your observation is right. Exerting more force doesn't gain you an advantage at that. If you watch, it's really marginal, the amount of ground you can make up or lose on that part of any of those work. And so the other movements are basically where the, where, uh, the, the workouts. Yeah, that I, 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 I have to think that someone's going to come on here and unfuck us and tell us that we're wrong. Because if that is the case, I don't even know how you let an apparatus like that into the games where they are not rewarded for the F for putting in more effort. This is this is it defeats the whole purpose of finding the fittest person. I mean, I, I don't see any upside of it more uniformly than just have them do a hundred jumping jacks. Then, I mean, it, it's, it's, um, I, I know you want that push pull stimulus, but it should always be rewarded for the hardest worker. This isn't that the it's, it shouldn't be that much of an IQ test or a gaming piece that you have to try to find the sweet spot on that and know that no matter how much harder you push, it's not giving you the reward for it. Yeah. Uh, it reminds me of the sl- the snail it was called from the climbing snail events that the 2016 games where they, it was like that the big circular thing. And you just kind of had to figure out on the fly where to push it. And you push too high or too low or too hard or too soft. And it was like rolling backwards and not getting momentum. Did it have yeah. water in it? Is that why? I'm not sure what we did, but we haven't implemented sets. And I think that's probably for the same reason is wasn't ultimately the test of fitness that we want. It was more of a test of, can you navigate this kind of weird object? Better yeah, than they should just, I would rather see a shopping cart filled with uh, 40 bottles of Jack Daniels and six boxes of condoms and just make it uniform across the, across the, the board. You know what I mean? It, it's uh, a, sure. I can't get my head wrapped around this one. Is there anything else you want to say about the um, men before we move on to the women here? I think we covered it pretty well. Uh, Bethany Shadburn, uh, I would see her at the games when I used to cover the games. I'm crazy impressed. Should I be crazy impressed? Definitely. Um, almost everyone was picking Carrie Pierce to win this. If anyone was willing to pick anyone else, they would have probably have taken Daniel Brandon. That's nothing against Bethany Shadburn. It's just, it seemed like those two girls were better. Um, it was all, it was a small margin in the end between Carrie and Bethany, but overall, I was most impressed with her. Her movement quality, the poise, but also like attacking workouts a little differently. Uh, it looked like she was going for it on some workouts. She managed the ruck run better than anyone else. She she also said that she overcame some challenges. Like she said, GHD sit ups have always been a, a sticking point for her in a workout before, and she did better on that set of eighty GHD sit ups in the triple G than she's ever done. I think Bethany Shadburn's the best version of her she's ever been. I was talking to her boyfriend at the end of the competition. He said she's prioritized everything outside of the gym more this year than she ever has, sleep and nutrition. They're in a really good place together, and you know as well as anyone that when you have a really solid support system at home, boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, whatever it is, that goes a long way. And I think that for her, all those external factors have, have you know, in addition to obviously just being super fit, have uh, kind of come come all together at the right time. So I think she's a top 10 threat at the games and you know, in the conversation for fittest uh, American woman at the games. I'm pretty excited after this weekend to see how good she can be. Where does she train, Brian? She trains here in Las Vegas with, um, with Carrie Pierce and Daniel Brandon. Uh, Justin Kotler's coaching all of them. It's called CrossFit Culmination. Their, their like, training methodology is known as underdog athletics. They also have 
two of the guys who were in the competition here, Tolo Moraquino and uh, Matt DeLugos. Neither of, of them made the games or last chance qualifier. Their Tola was one spot out. And it's a good training environment. Um, I don't know that that team collaborative training environment is right for every athlete, but for those three girls, I feel like they're all getting better by training together, at least for now. Um, what about uh, Danny Spiegel? Is she part of that group? No, Danny Spiegel moved out to Invictus CrossFit this year, and it feels like it's a good. That's fit the for San her. Diego. That's the San Diego. Yeah. Uh, okay. CJ Martin, Tina Martinez, and that crew um, seems like a really good fit. Uh, she had a, you know, she, she's always got a couple, kind of like Will Morad, her shoulder, she had a pretty bad shoulder, shoulder injury that'll probably never be a hundred percent again. She has some problems with her feet that sometimes bother her, but she's phenomenal, uh, as an athlete. I mean, she's, she's, uh, she's always been very strong. She's figured out, um, the gymnastics and it's just like that long monostructural cardio is still a hole for her. But as we saw with the ruck run, like she took a basically last place finish there and still finished fourth on the weekend. So she's the type of girl in Madison that will have a couple bad events, but she'll she always has the potential to win a workout too if it's the right combination of stuff. When is the when have you seen did you saw her in person? Does she look big in person? Are you like, wow, that that's a solid woman? Yeah, yeah. She's um, you know, relative to the other girls <clears> on the field, like her legs are just big and strong, but you know, she, like I said, she wasn't, she was pretty good on the deficit, strict deficit handstand pushups. She's phenomenal at handstand walking. She was able to do the muscle ups just as well as the other girls. Um, so if, for a, a girl of her size, she is very good at the body weight stuff. She, it's a, she's listed here at 168 pounds. You can't really tell because she's so shredded when you watch her on TV, but yeah. is that the, will she be the biggest girl in the field, the heaviest girl in the field at the CrossFit games in the individual competition? Uh, she might be. She, you know, she'll be up there for sure. I'm trying to think. Um, I think Laura Horvath, but may, maybe not. Maybe a, you know, a little bit lighter than her. Um, uh, Daniel Brandon, probably like ten pounds lighter. Uh, yeah, she. Yeah, she, almost twenty pounds lighter. One fifty. Oh, really? Yeah, one fifty. Yeah. So yeah, she she probably is. I'm just trying to think through the field. I mean, Kara's I, got some big legs, but she's a lot shorter. So probably, yeah, she probably will be. I think um, the heaviest girl I ever heard competing at the CrossFit Games, and I'm sure there's been heavier, was uh, Emily Abbott, and I think she was 165. Yeah, when I mean, when you're talking about that the average woman at the Games is usually about 145, and you're over 20 pounds heavier than that, it's obviously a huge outlier, and that's, yeah, you're probably right about that. She'll, she'll most likely be the heaviest girl there, but, um, you know, weight to skill ratio and body weight stuff, that means she might be one of the best. How do how do these veterans uh, Bethany Shadburn, Carrie Peace, Pierce, um, and and I don't know if I would call Danielle Brandon a veteran. Would you call her a veteran? She's made the game. This is her third time making the games, but uh, two years ago she she actually finished eleventh after the cut, so she didn't get to do the last half of the competition because okay, of, so because she's been of, as an individual. It's not as a team. Uh huh. So, this year she'll get all of the, of, and then kind of our first real glimpse you can look at with brutal test. Okay, I apologize for not calling her a veteran. Um, what's what's the what's the mood like with these three? I, on camera, they appear to all be close, but uh, we obviously know that. 
to win the games, you have to be a fierce competitor and there has to be a component of selfishness. Or did you see anything that, that showed that there's tension between these three? No, no, I don't think so. It's a kind of a unique situation. When they were on the competition floor, I mean, there were a couple of events where one of them or two of, you know, two of them were going at it, and they clearly wanted to beat the other girl. But as soon as the competition was over, they were they were happy for each other. Um, it, you know, if it comes down to it at the games and it's like for a podium spot or you know a little bit more money is on the line, we'll see. But at least for this weekend, their goal was to to sweep the podium, and they did that. And I kind of felt like they were doing it together. So they were. They were competing, but they were they were also supporting each other. When you see their ages, you have Bethany Shadburn at 27, Carrie Pierce at 32, and Daniel Brandon age 25. Did you notice any recovery issues? And then the second part to the question is: Is that going? Is that age going to play a role at the games where there might be 13 or 14 events? Um, nah, I don't think so. I think that they can all handle the the, the volume of the games. And then let's go down to fifth place. Uh, you got a, you got a visitor to your room. Take five, everyone. Listen, just chill. Brian's doing his thing. Without Brian, there's no show, and he's apparently talking to someone right now. I think they're ordering room service. What did you order? Did you order a hamburger? Uh, yeah, hamburger and a and a beer. It's been a long weekend. Uh, Reagan Huckabee, 34 years old. How many times has she been to the games? Um, she looked amazing, like physically amazing. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell this me about her. Fourth time as an individual to the game. She's also been part of Invictus's team two years ago. Uh, and, you know, it's one of these situations, like so many people in the sport now, this is all they're focusing on. She's got a lot of other distractions. She's got two young kids at home. Um, Ooh. And you, you know you know how how big of a responsibility and how much time that can take, uh, but she's making it work. She like you are exactly right. She looked just as good in person as it sounds like she looked from from your perspective. Uh, it wasn't easy for her. She got the last spot. She needed to perform on the last uh, workout really well. And honestly, if Alexis Raptus had hit the last barbell, she wouldn't have. Uh, she would have made it instead of Reagan. But you know that's one of those situations where, and you know, race like that always pays off. She hit the bar. The 23-year-old would-be games rookie did not, and so she's going. So, yeah, I see uh, Alexis Raptus. She's probably had a birthday since this. They got her at 22 here. So what you're saying to me is she approached that last bar, she went for it, and she failed the lift. How many seconds do you think she lost? I to- I, so she's one of the training think tank crew. I talked to Max Elhaj about it. He said 30 seconds. Um but he also said that that in the long run for her career, he actually thinks that was better for her. He, he's, you know, we all know that there, you know, all the greats have had their setbacks at one point or another, and this is one of those moments where she'll, you know, she was still in good spirits. She, this was a good weekend for her. Um, it's always going to be a little bittersweet because she could have made it, but she'll learn from that. Uh, she was incredible on the push pull event. As far as I saw, she was the only girl to do all four sets of the strict deficit handstand pushes were unbroken. And that gave her, you know, the points she needed to have that opportunity in the last event. And sometimes that's the margins in this sport. One lift, one risk, and you miss it, and you're out. 
So um, Brian just said that Alexis Raptus, who took sixth place, who will be going to the um, last chance qualifier, did amazing in the push pull event. That was the second to last event, and he's not joking. She got nine twenty two. And to give you an idea of how dominant of the performance that is, um, Bethany Shadburn, Shadburn got 940, Carrie Pierce got 1010, Daniel Brandon got 1029, Danny Spiegel got 1127. Why didn't Danny Spiegel do better at that? I, I think she did great. That was the workout with you know, over 40 strict deficit handstand push-ups. Okay. 90 toes to bar. We've already talked about she's the heaviest girl in the field. So to take, was it fifth place or sixth place in that workout at that yep. weight is actually maybe the most important impressive performance of the group and i don't want to beat a dead horse but maybe she could have done even better if she was rewarded she should have been rewarded when doing the pushing and pulling for the her size that she had to deal with while doing toes to bar and deficit handstand push-ups and so that could have been a great workout um but but we'll still no, wait no, no, for no. people that's a that is a, a valid point you know we've talked about it before with guys like Fikowski. Remember in that workout in 2016, they did the, all that monostructural work. They got to the sled pull. It was a rope chipper the Sunday. And he was able to pull that sled better than anyone else and win the workout. Dallin Pepper told me the same thing. I, want, you know, I'm in, I need to make up some time on the, sled, on the torque tank. But you couldn't make up any time on the torque tank. Yeah, it, it, that's so... A simpleton like me can't see that and figure that out and be right. Some, someone's going to have to like come in the comments in YouTube and explain to us that, that, that we're wrong, that that machine actually, there is a way to make it seem fair. Uh, the, the veteran and big name, maybe the most followers in the bunch on Instagram, is uh, Lauren Fisher taking 13th place. Uh, how, how was she after? Was she emotional? Was she happy that at least she just showed up? What's the deal here? I think that she had a pretty, I, I'm not sure how serious it was, but every event her elbow was wrapped tighter and tighter, more and more bandaging on it. So she might have just been injured. Um, she seemed to be in great spirits after the competition. She was there taking pictures with people from Training Think Tank, who she's been training with. She still actually has a good relationship with the people at Invictus. I wasn't sure if that was like ended on a bad note or not. So there were a lot of people that here this weekend that are friends of hers and old training partners because both Invictus teams qualified first and second. Danny Spiegel and Reagan Huckabee have ties with Invictus. So she was celebrating with all the people that she knows um, and, uh, and and has known and has been training with. She's been training with Noah a little bit. So she was in good spirits. I think she had maybe a little bit of an injury, knew she wasn't going to be able to qualify with that, but still gave it everything she had, was happy to be competing, and de she definitely wasn't in a bad mood at the end of the weekend. Was her amazing boyfriend there? <laughs> Rasmus Anderson was here. He had a really impressive beard, and uh, you know, he was just walking around, hanging out. Such a cool team. dude. Such yeah. a cool dude. I've enjoyed every interaction with him. Um, I, I see this name on here. Maybe a lot of people don't know. Took ninth place. I think maybe um, her name's Allison Scuds. I know her because I would used to see her years ago at the ranch and other places testing games workouts for uh, the Dave Castro. Are, are you – and I think she's been on the demo team before, but I never pictured her for some reason doing this well. Are you surprised? Ninth place? I mean, yeah, she's amazing. I, Don't get me wrong. No, no. She's she's very good at the things she's very good at. Which, but this, we, this week, what she showed me, especially in that last workout, it was really close. So you can tell me what place she finished in it. Eighth. She was able she was able to move a heavy barbell, that heavy barbell for the squat cleans, better than I've ever seen her do before. Um, and she did really well on the workout this morning also. 
which I thought she'd do well on that one with the body weight stuff. Um, ninth place was better than I thought she'd do. I think I had her projected around 15th. She finished strong on the weekend, whereas in other competitions in the past she's had, she's kind of tailed off towards the end of weekends. So I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of curious now. I mean, I didn't really think she ever had a chance to make the games, but if she's getting stronger and better with a heavy barbell, uh, maybe, maybe she can do it in a, in a year or two. This last year on her Instagram, I noticed she's putting a ton of time, and maybe she's always done it and just showing it to us for the first time, but it looks like she's putting a ton of time into her mental game and her recovery game. You're seeing her do more like yoga type stuff and meditation and basically, you know, getting getting the other stuff besides the physical in line. I wonder how much that played a role. Yeah, and this seems to be a pattern. You know, a lot a lot of the athletes that are investing more in the off season, the out of, I should say, out of the gym stuff is uh, is starting to pay off. And I, you know, one of the lines that always sticks out to me when I first talked to Josh Bridges with you, uh, 2018 regionals, he said, "I've spent more time and more money on body work, on the stuff outside of the gym, than anything else in my career." He's in, you know, he was ahead of the game on that, and maybe that's why he was an outlier at the games for so many years, you know, a guy his size doing that well. But if more athletes are figuring that out and people are talking about it and advertising it and then having performances like Bethany Shadburns, like Allison Scuds, who are, you know, maybe outperforming what people would expect from them, you have to assume that more and more people are going to start doing that. And that just means that they're going to have, people are going to have to start looking for the edge in different places yet again. Carrie Pierce, second place, the smallest woman in the, Top five, top six, top seven, top eight, top nine. She's got to be similar to Allison Scuds. Yeah, Scuds is one five three one forty, and Carrie's listed here at five three one thirty nine. So you're right. Um, is is and and she looked like a Ferrari. I mean her she, her physique, the way she moves. I mean her finishes first, fourth, second, fifth, third, seventh. I mean that. That's a that's a first place winning performance, right? Like if I didn't tell you that if I didn't show you Bethany Shad, if I would have told you before this event started, hey, Carrie Pierce is gonna get first, fourth, second, fifth, third, seventh, you'd be like, Yep, she's probably gonna win it, right? Hundred percent. Yeah. That 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 will win a semifinal more often than not. Um, so is her size becoming a factor? Like a disadvantage? Yeah. Um I don't think so. I don't think so. You said she was five three one forty, basically. Yeah, five three one thirty nine. She's lifted here, uh, listed. I, I think that that's pretty close to what Tia Claire Toomey is. Okay, and um, did you have her? I thought when we first started talking about this women's event, you didn't. You actually didn't have her picked for first place. How can that be? No, I did. I had Carrie oh, and okay. Bethany as the top three. Okay, okay. So Carrie's still a serious podium threat at the games. Yeah, and when you—I mean, look—we're talking about Bethany's potential, uh, and but the thing is, Carrie's—you know—I think four straight finishes inside the top ten at the games. She was on the podium last year. She's been uh, fittest in in the U.S. several years. Um, It's it's very hard to make a case against her as the fittest American ever. So, you know, we have to see Bethany and Danielle. Haley Adams and Brooke Wells and Amanda Barnhart, all these other American women, beat her at the games. And until they do, she's she's kind of the, still the woman to beat, even though she didn't win this weekend. What an amazing accolade. And, and, and I think you're right. The fittest American woman ever. I mean, it, 
it depends how much you value winning versus longevity. Because Chris Clever has been on the podium twice. She's won the games in 2010. She had, I think, four straight or four out of five top five finishes in her five-year career. But it's really rare to find someone who's had five straight top tens. I think there's only like five women in the history of the sport who've done that, and Carrie's one of them. So, you know, she's very consistent. She's very good. I think she's getting close to the end of her career, but she's obviously still competitive. And um, it'll be fun to see if she can, you know, continue that streak of top 10 finishes, of being the best American woman. Um, my my kind of gut feeling is that she'll rescind that title this year, but I don't actually know to who because there's a lot of girls that are, that are going to be coming for it. Um, D- Danielle Brandon, or, uh, of all the women you've seen um, in the United States, who's most likely do you think, and, and is it Danielle Brandon, who will eventually take the throne from Tia? Is there anyone in this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's just go big. 2024. Wow. The, the only way to answer this is, it's a, is Tia going to still be competing in three years? You know, for, you know, Fraser was, he was tired of competing after last year. And then his team kind of said, come on, man, go for one more. And he did. But he's so happy in retirement now. You know Tia and Matt are still close and she sees how, how much he's enjoying time away. It seems like Shane and Tia are still enjoying competing. And as long as they're still enjoying competing, she's only, what, 26, 27? Wow. I, I, know, I don't know that anyone will be able to beat her even by 2024. But if you're t- forcing me to pick someone, mm-hmm. I think that Haley Adams, Daniel Brandon, and Mallory O'Brien are possibly the three best candidates. What do you see in Danielle Brandon that makes you put her with that group? Hmm. Um, I, still, I just still kind of feel like her skills are raw and her mental approach to live competition is not fully developed the way that some of the other girls are like so you so she her glass ceilings higher away it's not it's not only how good she is now but you see you're like wow there's a lot of areas you can improve holy cow you're going to be amazing yeah we've mentioned how significant the mental aspect of high level competition can be in this sport she did the mayhem classic but it was not a super deep field she finished third behind katia claire Tumi and christy aramo she competed the last two years at the games, but she only got to do half of the test, really. So she hasn't had a lot of live competition experience at the highest level. So this was a great weekend for her to learn some of those lessons. This games will be a great opportunity for her to you know, improve upon those skills, maybe learn a couple other things. And if you're looking at two or three years down the road, if she's motivated, has all this incredible physical potential. I mean, she was head and shoulders ahead of the field in that last event. There was only a two-minute event. She was the only one who could calmly look around, compose herself, lift the bar, and walk across the finish line with a commanding event win. She also had two second-place finishes, two fourth-place finishes. Like That's pretty good against this field. So I think you said it well. She's got a higher ceiling than, than some of the other ladies. What an incredible sport to follow. I mean, I'm just... To see Bethany Shadburn, Carrie Pierce, Danielle Brandon, Danny Spiegel, Reagan Huckabee all lined up, these just thoroughbreds of the highest caliber, like you see all the years of work that they've put in, and then they lift the gate up and go. Tell me about the energy in this venue. Because I know the Granite Games were a little... um, thin in the crowd although although the 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 viewership numbers i think were record setting uh in terms of the internet um what was it like being there did the crowd really i mean was it back to like holy shit these are the five you know five of the top hundred fittest women in the world and we're in a room with them like did you feel that like everyone knew and the place was exploding 
Uh, I, I don't think we're back to this, the crowd capacity and noise and energy that we had in like the, t the last years of, um, of regionals and in the sanctionals when they were still able to happen. But I think that, that part of that is still just people being a little bit apprehensive coming out of this last year of uncertainty. And, uh, but this venue has a lot of potential. I don't know if we'll ever use it again, but I hope we do because if that, if those seats were full, this would be a really, really energized uh, environment to have a, a semifinal. Uh, I'm not going to get into too much of the um, politics. How is the? I'm not going to get into it at all. How was the event run? Who was there? Um, did you see Dave? Did you see uh, Rosa? Did you talk to Matt O'Keefe? Any of that stuff? We'll circle back on that. Talk about how the commentating was. I can chime in about what it looked like from watching from home. Um, so I guess maybe tomorrow we can do a show on that, and maybe we can get Josh Bridges on. Uh, to chime in with us. Uh, how about we just cru cruise over, if that's okay with you, over to the Atlas Games? I would love that. Okay, let's do it. Let's. Do you want to start with men or women? Man, I can't. I just. I can't wait. <laughs> okay, let's do the men. You got Patrick Vellner. This is a virtual competition, which makes me even weird to call it the Atlas Games. Anything that's virtual just. <laughs> It seems pointless to even have a title. It should be like Virtual One or Virtual Five. But Patrick Vellner, Jeffrey Adler, Samuel Cornwall. Cornwall. in third place. Alex. Vigneault. In third place. And Brett Fikowski in fifth place. And those are the, those are the guys who are going to the CrossFit Games unless this leaderboard changes. Do we know? And, and it still could change. Is that true? It could change. Uh, there was a change on the women's leaderboard after the original publication, but it didn't affect any games positions. It just had a slight change in the order. Um, I've been... Whoa, 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 what's that mean? Didn't change positions, but change in order? What does that mean? Change the qualifiers. The top, like okay. Bump someone out of the top five. People within okay. the top five shuffled around a little bit. But on the men's side, that was the original five that were posted in that order with the same points they currently have, and nothing's changed yet. And I am Praying that it doesn't change for multiple reasons. Obviously, we don't want to have the same problem as last week. But additionally, this is a really good group of five very, very capable Canadian men that are going to be serious, serious contenders at the games, all five of them. I mean, you, you have Pat, Patrick Vellner is winning the games, don't you? I think he's the guy to beat this year. I do. Okay, and we'll let you change that, Brian. I, I know, I know you when you're very serious about your um, picks, but as of right now, if I put a gun to your head or I told you you had to pick right now, would Vellner be at the top? Yeah, and unless you know, unless he come, unless he is publicly attending the games injured, I'm probably not going to change that. Okay, and then let's just skip right down to Brent Fikowski. He nineteenth. Yeah. Um, in the first event, 12th in the second event, 10th in the third workout. At that point, are you thinking, holy shit, the great Brent Fikowski's not making it? Just after day one, after the, I told you this morning, just after the second event, I was like, man, he needed to do better on that event to make it. So, yeah, I, I didn't think he'd make it. I said that earlier, and um, despite having said that, I, I think I said I hoped he would make it, and yep. I am absolutely ecstatic that he did. I don't feel bad at all predicting that he wouldn't given the last two events um he apps he, he said he put it on his instagram he said i went for it in the last event 225 on gretel for a guy that size that is incredible he earned that spot he deserves that spot i feel comfortable saying that 
and the games is, I've said about some other guys, but more so than any other athlete who had to go through this season to get there the way he did, the games is going to be so much better with him as a part of it. Uh, he is an enormous man at 6'2", 217 pounds, and that's like with no body fat on the guy. Um, but isn't this indicative of the of the Brent Fikowski we know to really do well at the end of an event? He got a first, a first, and a fourth. Haven't we seen him do that before? Isn't he, he Of all the athletes who have gamesmanship, doesn't he seem to be at the top of the heap when it comes to events? Yeah. And he is, you know, he's extremely methodical in every aspect of his life. He's made it very public. I gave up my other job. I gave up a lot of things. I am singularly focused on making the games and winning the games. He knew that this would be a challenge for him. I, I talked to him on the phone and he said, man, I, and the virtual competition against these guys, he knows how good these guys are. Even the, the guys that are just on the outside are very good. He knew that he had the potential to do it, but he'd have to execute well. Um, I talked to Velner today also. The two of them apparently had a conversation last night. Velner gave him a little pep talk. I don't know if it had any influence on Brett's performance today or not, but he he, he did exactly what he needed at the end of the weekend. He's done it before. The last time there was a West Coast Regional, he beat Cole Sager by two points, having a similar excellent performance in the tail end of the competition. Um, I feel relieved that he made it. I can't imagine how he feels. And uh, I... I, I I think we should try to talk to him. I really do because I think it's going to be, I think he's based on what he texted me. I think he's got a, a, the story of this weekend for him could be pretty cool to hear about. Okay. I'm going to text the, uh, Matt Susan. Now the producer, can you reach out to Fikow, Fikow ski, ski, Fikow, what a great name. I feel like talking to Brent would be, I, I can't even remember ever talking to him at the games, to be honest, maybe like just a few words here and there. I feel like we would be an odd mix in a room. Like if me and him had to like sail around the world together in a boat, it would be really a trip. Um, so he makes the games um, and I, I know he, I suspect he believes he can always win the games because that's his goal. Of all the people, of anyone who's probably ever taken fifth place, he probably still has his eye on the prize. Would you say that's true? He's not He's not like, I want to get on the podium. He's like, I want to win the games, dude. He is the only person in the field at the games who's beaten Pat Vellner in a live competition in the last five years. Wow. Okay. And he knows that. He knows all that shit. Yeah, yeah, I told him. <laughs> uh let's let tell me how great patrick vellner is you were saying some stuff to me the other day that was kind of blowing my brain yeah i mean well uh that that's it right there i mean we all know that fraser is basically unstoppable um he hasn't lost a live competition since the 2015 games and um outside of fraser Vellner has beaten every other competitor in every other live competition other than, I should say the caveat is the 2019 CrossFit Games. I don't want to talk about that and why I don't. <laughs> uh, you know, I can, well, it's just that statistic alone just proves my point. That is an outlier relative to his performance over a five-year period of time. Um, Pat's got it all. He's, what you're saying, what you're saying is, is the not necessarily the programming, but the structure of the games didn't bring. Although you would agree, it crowned the fittest. It didn't 
it didn't sift out the best guys all together like you would expect. Like the first use a cauldron that has big holes and then a little smaller holes. And you're saying that it wasn't done properly and that's why Patrick didn't go up, but he should have gone up. The total tests, the like total 12 tests that they did to make up the CrossFit Games were a good, well-programmed, balanced test. Not all the athletes got to take the test. The scoring wasn't the same on every event. And there's, you know, those things prevented the leaderboard from representing the totality of this is the first, second, third, fourth, eighth, 12th, 10th, 15th fittest guy. He still got the fittest because Fraser was the fittest and he did win. But uh, yeah, I think if, you know, there were 40 athletes in the field that year, they'd all been able to do all 12 tests. Velner would have been on the podium. Okay. And you're not making excuses for Patrick, but in the end, what you're saying is, is that he's always been, as long as Matt's been there, Patrick Vellner has clearly always been the second best dude. Yeah. That's, that's what, that's what the numbers say. You sound like a, a, a news reporter at CNN. No, no, they don't do numbers. Sorry. They don't do numbers. You would have said, that's what my heart feels like. Um, Jeffrey uh, Adler. Oh, was he, he was in the games last year, correct? Yeah, yeah, he's fifth. Uh, made the top five. He's, I think, he snuck into the fifth spot, just edging out Chandler Smith, Yonikowski, BKG, and Pat Velma. So the only two people, and when I say the games, I'm talking about what happened at the ranch. Right. So the only two people going back to the games this year are Noah and Jeffrey Adler. Oh no, was Medeiros. Cole there? Uh, oh, Medeiros. Medeiros. Okay. Okay, so that's good. Three that's of the, the five. The other one retired, and the other one had an illness. Right. Okay. I'm I'm digging it. I'm digging it. That the other one was Sam Quant, and the one that retired was um Matthew Mateo or something. Yeah, Mateo Fraser. And then tell me about the um Sam, Samuel. I can't say his last name, Samuel. Do I know Samuel, him? Yeah, uh Samuel Cornway. Uh uh I don't know if you'll know him or not. I think he was tenth last year at the games in the first um first stage. He's been training with Rich this past month or so. He's been following Rich's programming for longer than that. He's very strong, very good at gymnastics. He's developing his engine. I think that if, you know, once we get closer to the games and I have a chance to evaluate the games field, that he's one of those guys that you could like call a dark horse to potentially make some big moves at the games. Uh, last year, he was 12th overall in the world. In 2019, he was ninth, and in 2018, he was 168. So in his 2018 to 19 season, he made an enormous jump. Um, that was, oh, those, that was in the open. Oh, was that in the open? I, I, I think so. Because I'm just looking at overall. I'm just looking at whatever they have here in the stats overall rank worldwide. Oh, you're right. He's only been to the game. I apologize. You're right. Although those are still impressive. His he's only been to the games in 2019. Hey, was he 10th? Uh, 35th. Wait, wait. He, no, he was there last year. They he was? The game site isn't up to date on it. Oh, I love it. I'm telling you, Brian will big dick anyone, even if it's on accident. He doesn't even mean to big dick the, the game's website, and he's big dicking it. Um, it. Will he be at that training camp that Jason Hopper is hoping slash will happen at Rich's, um, at Rich's Empire, at the Mayhem Empire prior to the games, the weeks before the games? I think that he'll be there training from now until the games because it doesn't make any sense to go back to Canada. Okay. I mean, unless, yeah, I guess I was going to say, unless you have a wife and kids and, no, but unless right. you're going to be forced to quarantine in a hotel that you can't choose a location over two weeks. <laughs> okay. 
And I, I remember Alex popping up onto the scene. I want to say it was in Albany one year. Alex Vigneault. Yeah, and he was, I think, supposed to win it, and something happened. I want to say maybe he got injured. So so this was in 2000. It was either, well, he, he was, I think he placed in the top 10 of the games in 2016. Okay. And then the next two years, he had a couple of setbacks. Remember, he was sick in 2018 with, like, that stomach thing. He went okay. and talked to him. He was, like, throwing up in the garden. Oh, yeah, that's right. Together. That's the guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was at the regional. He was barfing. Yeah. He was wrecked. And the, some of the other people were, like, coming around him. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was tragic. Yeah. So, and then he's a, he's a police officer. He, has a, he had a kid in the, within the past 12 or 15 months. He's been training at home. And, like, he often posts little videos where he's training. And his, like, kid and wife are there in the garage watching him train and um, I, I wasn't sure if he would have, I think I projected him to be in the last chance qualifier position, but I knew that he would have a potential if he's healthy, if he's healthy, uh, he's competitive. I mean, he's got a big, big, well-rounded capacity. Um, I would say of the five guys who made it from Canada, I'll probably end up ranking him the lowest at the games, but this is one of those semifinals where all five guys could be in the top half of the games. Field. Wow. Is there anyone in this list? Um, I see Paul Tremblay, uh, been around forever. Great guy. Six through nine are because those I guys see Pete all Shaw. Oh, they will go to the last chance qualifier. Six through nine. Yeah. Okay. Is that normal? Usually, you get three spots. They had if you go all the way to the bottom. There's a guy who withdrew, and then there's a guy from a different country other than Canada that has a oh. name that you probably can't say. So yeah, there's two guys. There's two guys with some flags I don't recognize. One is, uh, oh shit, I lost it. Well, these guys are basically what I call displaced athletes who could not travel to their semifinal. Okay. So they were able to compete. They were like placed in a virtual semifinal and uh, that was like closer to where they, they lived. And they were able to compete in that. But because of that, it opened up an extra last chance qualifier spot. Okay, yeah, because there's 31 guys here. There's a guy named uh, Tafad. Tafadzawa Mushandu from Zimbabwe. Uh-huh. Dude, I said that perfect. What are you laughing at? And Richard Wolbolt from South Africa. So two African guys. Yeah. Okay, and he's uh, he's working. The South African guy's doing his programming. Looks like CrossFit Invictus Back Bay. No need. They're lucky we talked about them. Um, back up to six through nine, like you asked. Tyler Christofal, Cole um, Grishaber. Grishaber, uh, Alexandra, Alexander Coron, Phil Toon. God, I love that name, Phil Toon. And number 10, Logan Collins. So Logan Collins won't advance to the last chance qualifier. This is, uh, an, uh, but the guys who did, so Alexander Coron, I got, I actually got four of the five in the exact position correct in this one. I had Valner, Adler, Cornway, Caron, Fikowski. It was ended up being Vigneault, Fikowski. Okay. had a big penalty on workout number two. I haven't done the calculations, but that might have single-handedly kept him out. So he's a guy, like some of the guys from West Coast Classic, that will have a good chance in the online qualifier because he's had some really – if you pull up his games profile and see his open finishes, and uh, they won't have the quarterfinal finish on there. But he's very good in the online competition, and he's just very good in general. So he's probably, oh, yeah. He's probably one of my top picks to make the last chance qualifier, to, to, to advance from it. And the other guy that I really like there is Cole Grayshaber. He's uh, actually really good friends with Dallin Pepper, and he's just about the same size as him. He's, I think he's a little older, maybe 20 or 21, but he's probably, I bet his games profile says he's 6'1", 210, and he's a beast too. 
Yeah, six foot two oh six. Um, you know, you said I want to go back to uh, Carone. This, when you see his numbers, it's just crazy. This guy took sixth in the Worldwide Open in two thousand eighteen. I mean, at that moment, he's basically the sixth fittest man in the world. And it, it's a, um, I know you don't like that. Probably a lot of people don't, but I, I, I put a lot of weight on the open. I think the open's amazing. Well, and the open is a pretty, in general, it's a pretty good predictor for the rest of the season. Like there's some guys that are outliers that'll have a great open and then disappear. But a lot of the guys, when you look at top 10 at the games and you look back, they did very well in the open too. And he's been, he's been hitting the open now for seven years. Okay. So, and, and, and to kind of prove your point a little bit more here, um, about Carone and his, uh, what did he get the penalty for? Failure to extend his arms and the shoulder to overhead. He actually posted a couple screenshots of it on his Instagram. It's, it's a gray area. It's a tough standard. It's one of those standards that I wish, I think it would be better, a better test in live competition because it's hard to know if you're going to get the no reps or not. And you feel like you're locked out when you go to these live competitions, the judges at the briefings will say, if you have a movement limitation, let us know and we'll work with you to figure out what's, what's going to be okay and what's not. You can, in the online setting, you can't really do that. So he thinks he was moving as well as he can move in that workout. If you look at the screenshots, I, can't, I cannot fault CrossFit for giving him a penalty. He's just barely missing that lockout. But um, it's just kind of the harsh reality of the virtual competition, and he was on the wrong side of it this time. Um, do you know how many seconds his penalty was? Over two minutes. Oh, he had posted the fastest time in Canada on that workout. Yes, that probably. And what's the difference in points between first place and eighth place? Like thirty-five or forty. Okay, so let's get. Let's say it's forty. Let's make it exciting. That would have given him four hundred and twenty-five points, and that would have put him in sixth place. So, he, so he still would have missed it. Yeah, uh, but that doesn't. But then he also would have got some points if he knocked some of those other people down. Yeah, yeah. So he maybe steals four or five points from Pekowski, which is the guy he had to chase, which still wouldn't have been enough. Right, right. Um, so this is the, these. You're saying these guys are. This is a great group. This would have been a great live event. It'll be a great live event next year. And uh, these are all guys to watch well, at the, the games. The cool, the cool thing about next year is this: Canadians won't all be in one semifinal. They'll be dispersed throughout North America. So they'll have the opportunity to send more than five guys to the games next year, and I'm willing to bet that they do. Say that again? I wasn't listening. Sorry. I I switched to the women. Say that one more time. This year, because of the COVID restrictions in Canada, all of the Canadians had to compete there. Now, we know there was one kind of guy who snuck under the radar. But next year, the Canadians will be dispersed through the four North American semifinals, so they'll have an opportunity for more than five of them to make the games, and I think more than five Canadian men will make the games next year. So theoretically, if they're spread out over four regionals and, and there's five at each one, it could be 20 Canadian men. I mean... Theoretically. Theoretically. <laughs> um, let's go to the women. Um, probably, the, I'm so excited, uh, Carolyn Pro- Prevost made the yeah, games. So, yeah, so she was, I think, in third... And then there was a slight scoring adjustment bumped her into first, so she's the champion of Atlas Games. Wow. Okay. Actually, let me pull it up. You can ask a question while I'm doing that if you want. Yeah, yeah. She was in second, three points behind Bailey. We need to talk about, by the way. Okay, let's talk about it. And McKenzie Ryan was in third. They shuffled something around, and then Kira Vivo is in first. I think Mackenzie Riley's in 
a tiebreaker and Rails in third. So they were still the top three, just in a different order. Okay, let's talk about Bailey Rail. Bailey Rail is a very significant athlete for us to talk about. Can you do me a favor? And I don't know if you know how to do this. I want to look at her quarterfinal results from this year. No, I no idea how to do that, but I can look at everything else. <laughs> this is important. I'll, I can put it while you're doing it. It says semifinal okay. on the top left in one of those scroll down menus. Change oh. that to individual quarterfinal. So go to workouts and go to. You're... I can do it. I can do it. But while I, and I'll talk about it while I'm looking it up. Please. So Bailey Rail was a backfill athlete, meaning okay. she did not finish inside the top 120 at the quarterfinals. So the okay. only way that she was able to be even in this semifinal was because some number of athletes declined their invite for whatever reason. So she was actually was 123rd, and that 123rd placement missed the cutoff by three spots. Now, this is what I want to see. Um, and it's exactly what I thought. This was These were her placements in the online quarterfinal. She was 22nd, 37th, 222nd, 105th, 908th. Who was she 908th in? She was 908th in the four rep max front squat. Ah. This is an athlete who, because of a five test competition with one test that was very specific in a big field, she did 207 pounds for four reps. That's pretty good. Um, but it was there's so many girls that excel at that one thing that it basically kept it out of the 121. Clearly, from a capacity standpoint, she's well inside the top 120. Um, you're also you're also describing describing Carolyn Prevost three years ago. Sure, she had she had everything to go to the games except the strength. Yeah, so in this situation, there was some backfill, so she gets an opportunity to get in. She gets an opportunity to get in, and she uh, she, she basically wins. I mean, she she was three points, two points, one I think one point away. One from point, winning. one point, yes. So if you're looking at the season as a filtering process and you need to go from open and get a group of people to the quarterfinals and quarterfinals and get the people from the semifinals and semifinals and get them to the games. And this girl wasn't good enough to make the semifinals, but then she got a backfill and got in and she basically won her semifinal. To me, there's a, there's a, a problem with the programming. There's something off. Oh, see what I'm saying? Why? I see what you're saying. And then getting in, she can win. I see Definitely. what you- I see uh, what you're saying. A little caveat on that. Most of the other athletes, if not all of the other athletes who got backfills, didn't really come close to even a qualification spot. She's kind of an exception to the rule, but I think that if you're looking at the, the totality of the season, you need to look at her as a case study and ask yourself, is the four rep max front squat type workout appropriately placed there if there's only five tests? Because we know how. So you were saying a four of the re, about, talk to me about the four rep front squat. You were going to say something about it being an outlier when I so rudely interrupted you and stopped the recording. Yeah, and I just I just want to be clear. Like I'm not saying definitively that that was a bad placement for that test. I'm saying Bailey Rail's performance on that workout, and then also her performance on the semifinal. I think if you're just trying to, to, to look back on the season and say, did we have, did we, it's a new format. Did we get it right? Her example is going to force a question of should a test like that be placed in a competition that's only five tests? Let me, let me pay devil's advocate. Sure. What, would be a, what would be another move? G- give me another movement. Sorry for the loaded question. Give me another movement that would fall in that category that, that might need questioning. So I think that it's critical to test strength. 
But uh, Bill Gurner and Chase Ingram often talk about this, which is also usually a five-test workout. So they're not fans of the one-rep max test as part of the open. They prefer to see strength tested in a format where you have to earn a heavy barbell. So if you look at a workout that has rounds of toes-to-bar and double increasing block cleans, and say in this where there's a sample size, that that's a test test strength. You can compare this to the eagle. Just like a four front squat is a bit of an outlier of a test, so is a ruck run. She got last place basically on a run, and she was able to make up for it by doing well on all the other tests. That's because the size of the field was smaller, so she's penalized less. Also, the scoring system is different. In the quarterfinal, 908th scores is 908 points. That's a ton of points. It's more than double all of the rest of the points that she accumulated combined. In this case for Danny's, it's almost no that workout, but it's not as severe of a penalty re- relative to the rest of the field because the scoring system is different and the number of competitors she's going against is different. I, I know we haven't tested everyone, but you did say this was the only person who made it in the last chance qualifier who did this well, and I know that's a, it's a small sample, but do you think it's good? Isn't that the reason why... Isn't that the reason why we have things like the last chance qualifier? Don't you think that maybe this is an argument for how good the programming is because it is just one as opposed to maybe it could be better? I, for just for something makes me think that like, hey, at what point are you going to say in the at what point are you going to say like in the open? The only thing telling you you'll never be make it to the games. I mean, this is a little bit of a stretch is all the other people beating you. Right. There's no event in there that's going to kill you, although. There is events that will kill me, but, but you know what I mean? And then slowly you ratchet that up, right? So, so in the events in in the open, you might not have, you wouldn't have a 500 pound deadlift, right? Uh, uh, no, no. And then you, but then in the quarterfinals, you you ratchet, but you have seen a one rep max test. So you could, you could have a test where your 250 pound deadlift just gets absolutely massacred and it gives you no chance to advance. Right. I guess I'm saying is, is at what point do you think, do you think it's okay? Like, do you think it's okay to to put that movement in the semifinals because it's a smaller, this, this workout that you're, that you're questioning, not, not criticizing, but we're just talking about that's in the quarterfinals of the four, four, what was it? Four rep clean and jerk, max clean and jerk with four rep. Yeah. Okay. Front squat. Do, Do you think that that would be more appropriate in the semifinals? Yeah, for the same reason that I think the ruck run is more appropriately placed in a semifinal than a quarterfinal. Okay, I guess I guess yeah, I could and, see that. And the and the main thing I want to say is I'm not saying that it was definitely a bad a bad test or a bad place to put the test. My hope is that the people who are evaluating the season as a whole will recognize wait, what happened with Bay here, and is that something we need to consider when we're at the season next year? Right, right. I like it. Are you glad she made it? I'm glad she made it. Um, she's, uh, I, I actually don't know a ton about her. I, I think she's also in the Mayhem programming. She might even be down there training with those people and doing that kind of camp and competing against Samuel Cornway. Tyler Christopher was, was there that weekend who got sixth or seventh or sixth for the uh, Atlas Games for the men. Um, Can you please use the vernacular Mayhem Empire? Mayhem Empire. Just hyphenate that Mayhem Empire. Go on. And, uh, what makes you think she's down there, just from your memory, from just uh, all the data you hold in that brain? 
Yeah, I mean, honestly, she's a little bit off off my radar. She, did, uh, I don't have any record of her doing any sanctionals as a team last year or as a um, individual in any of those. So she's you know, a person that I'm intending to talk about over the next weeks. Hey, that outfit you're wearing right now, wouldn't that be amazing if that was really a turtleneck and you were, your chest was hairless, but that was just the way it was like, you know what I mean? Like that was just a design, but like you could pull that off and like you would just be a hairless dude. So like yeah, right like now you look like you have, people, it's just their face, their face and the their beard on the yeah. outside, pull it down and beard. Yeah, that would be amazing. That, but, but that's not a turtleneck, right? That's a low cut shirt with like a bush hanging out of the top. All right, all right. Uh, who gave you that tank top? You're not. Oh, I love it, Buttery Bros. I should have known. God, that is an atrocious color. That was the worst part about working with Reebok. They made shit like that. Sorry, Heber. Sorry, Mars. Or, but that is disgusting. Um, but good job repping repping the two hardest working guys in the biz. Um, oh, they were here this weekend. I got to catch up with them a little bit. They're. Uh, they are working very, very hard. They're having a pool party right now that I'm skipped to do this with you. Oh, thank you. Oh, yeah, yeah, I heard about it. I heard about it. Um, I'm sure Heber's just getting so drunk there right now. <laughs> He's not. Heber does, yeah, Heber does not drink. Um, but he will be swimming nude, skinny dipping, I oh, heard. I mean, the party is called the Shirts Are Dumb After Party. So. Oh, I like it. Um, do you want to talk about any of these other people, Sydney? Um, Mikhailshin, Mikhailshin. That was a last-minute yeah. save. I almost said Mickelson, Mikhailson, and Emily Rolf, uh, Mackenzie Riley, and anything nice you want to see about Carolyn Prevost, please say because I would love to court her and get her on the show. Um, I'll let you. T- you were, we've already talked about Carolyn. Look, Mackenzie Riley is another one of these moms. She she had a kid recently. She came back to compete. I, I'm not. Sh- I, have, I need to talk to her. I know her and her husband a little bit. And, I don't know if she thought she could do this or not, uh, but she was right up there at the top after all three days. I think this is a tremendous win for her, and uh, I, I, I'm going to reach out to them. But um, Emily Rolf was doing these workouts with Pat Vellner. She, uh, mm. They've trained together in the past a couple of times. She's you know she's a games caliber athlete without a doubt. And Sydney McAlishin is um, I featured her in a young preview piece a few months ago as someone to keep an eye on this season she was this you know she had a tough last day over her places on events five and six do you see them there? uh those are the is that the five was first place and were there seven events oh no five and six sorry 13th and fifth okay so it wasn't as bad as i thought she's she dropped down a little bit on the last day she was in the top three um but she's she hung on to a spot and i think uh I think she's you know worthy to be at the games. She hasn't had a really a chance to do a live competition against games caliber athletes yet. So this is going to be I think she'll be a, a steep learning curve for her there, but she'll hold her own. She's pretty capable. She's 21, so she's a little older than the Emma Emma Carries and Mal O'Briens, but she's just as inexperienced when it comes to competing against the girls we're used to seeing in the top 10. And she took a first place. She took a first place first workout. in workout 4. That's the barbell workout. Workout four, um, snatches. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She, uh, she's she. How many reps did she get? Forty six or something? No, fifty two. Fifty two. Oh, that's just, that's one more than uh, 
think that's one more than Katrin got. So she might have the record on that event now. You know, 54, 54. I apologize, 54. Damn, that's that's. And so, and to give you an idea, so if Carolyn Prevost got 43, second place, uh, Mackenzie Riley got 46, third place, Bailey Rail got 39, Emily Rolf got 43, and then Sydney got 54. I mean, that's eight more than the second place finisher and 11 more than the first place finisher. Yeah, she crushed it. And, she, and so that, that she would have beaten all the European girls on that work at also. And so we know who those people are, Catherine Davis, daughter, Annie Horst, daughter, Laura Horvath, Kristen Holt, us. She won that workout, not just in Canada, but actually across all five virtual semifinals. And, I mean, snatching, I think it's 165 was their last barbell, 24 times after already doing 30 snatches to buy in and only a window with two minutes force rest. And she's 21 years old. She's only 21 years old. Uh, Do we want to go over to the Asia side? We can talk about it. Okay. In fact, I would love to talk about the men because I put out projections for the men in Asia and I took a lot of heat for placing Roman Krennikov third. What place did he finish? Third. So I didn't have the second place finisher right. I had I, I, a guy in second, I had first. A guy in first, I had in fourth. But you know, Roman is, I, I, I will stand by, he's going to always do a little better in a live competition than virtual. I think he did phenomenal. But, um, you know, he, those other two guys have been better than him at virtual competitions recently. That guy, Stas Solidov, is a master's athlete. So now we have two male master that, master's athletes, him and Jason Smith, who qualified for the games. It's far more rare to see a male over 35 make the games than a female. Uh, I don't know if he'll, I, you know, I don't know how good he'll do in live competition because basically we've only seen him in virtual competition. Who did the loud and live trial. Off season, we're pretty good. So I'm excited that the Russians will be able, hopefully, to come and compete. They've been, they've had kind of a bad track. Roman made it a couple times, but couldn't get here. Andre Ganin qualified one year, but failed the drug test. So hopefully, these guys can come and represent their country well. And um, it's cool that another Masters male has made it. Is um, will those two guys who qualified for Masters and the Games will they both go to the open comp, the open competition, the NEH? I have to believe it. I mean, if you're training hard enough this good to make it and you get that chance, I can't imagine turning it down. The guys who finished in the top five at this CrossFit Asia Invitational, only two of them and only one event each had placements out of the top 10. Uh, Mortez Sedegat got 14th place in workout two and Alexander Illen got 15th place in workout three. Man, Alexander Illen, he could have changed the whole game if he would have just taken like fifth place, sixth place, seventh place in that event. Yeah. So, you know, this is just, there's just not as much depth in that region. So, you know, even if you have a bad workout, it's not going to be a 15th, 20th, 27th place. And, you know, in West Coast, for example, there were some really good guys that had decent workouts, like you said. These, it's like, oh, they were only 10, 20 seconds away, but they finished 16th because there's a lot more depth. So right. there's some good guys at the top in Asia. There's just not 10 to 20 guys that are at that level yet. I'm trying to think. Yeah, you look down. It's really interesting how close all these guys are. I mean, they all have amazing finishes. 
Uh, let's go over to the women. By the way, just getting someone switched around from first to second or third to fourth, I still give you a win for that, Brian. I'm easy. I'm easy. Um, what, what about these women? Is this, is this what you thought would happen? God, and they so all took, did I, great too. I took a little gamble here. The girl who ended up winning is the girl I projected. Most people have the girl who finished sixth as a projected winner based on her quarterfinals results. But I just had a feeling about this Kubishkina, Svetlana Kubishkina, and it ended up being a good feeling. So she ended up winning. And I want to just say, because I talked about it this morning, I used the word oriental to describe people from Eastern Asia. Orient is, is means <laughs> Occident. I know that people can interpret different way. Really, I Did you get any shit for that? Did you get any shit for that? I asked a couple people here, and all of them said you can't say that. Awesome, so, awesome. I, I, and that's why you can say it on the Sevon podcast. You can say whatever the fuck you want on here. Fuck you. I, I'm, I'm trying not to not fuck you, but to you, but to everyone. Go on. A location that people will will understand, and so we can just say Eastern Asia. And what I'm basically saying is not Russia and all the countries that used to be part of Russia, but it, you know that other part of Asia. And so we had. I thought Yukosuke Sakuyama from Japan had the best chance at Sung Young Choi actually did it. She got in, and I'm super excited. Now, the con is this competition was supposed to take place in South Korea. So you can only imagine how excited the South Koreans would have been if one of their women had made the game at a competition they were hosting. It would have been the first time hosting live cross this caliber. Oh, sorry. I had to search something real quick when you said that, when you said her name. Say her name again, Sung Young Choi. That's what I would say. Yeah, that's interesting. Because last night I watched a fight. It was one of my favorite fighters. They call him the Korean zombie, but his name is Chan Sung Jung. And what's interesting is every time the commentators would say his name, it's a UFC fight, I feel like they're showing off. You know what I mean? Like, are there names that you say where you're like, oh, yeah, 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 watch me just fucking just Svetlana Kubashinkinini. And you're just like, yes, try to say that shit. But then you how to say it, then you realize Oh, just say it with confidence. It makes you sound so smart when you do that. Um, Brian, people are always going to say something about the words you use because you're at the top of your game. So they're just like, you know what I mean? Like, well, he, yeah, but he said, he said the word Orient. Sorry, but you're, he's, he's canceled. Um, how, there's two Svetlanas. Yeah. That's kind of cool. That's a beautiful name, Svetlana. Uh, have you ever seen two? two? This is getting to some obscure... Obscure, obscure details of the car. Have you ever seen two people with the same first name um, in the semifinals this year qualify in, uh, qualify? in the same region? In the same region, uh, yeah. I think I don't think so, and they didn't do it here either because only two girls advanced from Asia. Oh shit! Okay, well, my you should. Of course, my question has no no value. What's the, and that, what that means is Roman did not qualify either. And so the, the controversy and question of will he be able to get to the United States is, isn't uh, isn't relevant here. Um, well, unless they start backfilling, unless one of these guys, Stoss well, or well, Alexander, says, hey, I can't make it, then they'll ask Roman, right? Probably, yes. But also he did qualify for the last chance qualifier. So he still is technically in a position to maybe earn a spot through that. Does he do the last chance qualifier knowing that he can't come to the CrossFit Games? I mean, we don't know for sure he knows he can't come, but do you think he he still does the last chance qualifier? Yeah, I think he's one of those guys that just loves to compete, and even if he can't make it, want to prove that he could have made it. 
that he was good enough to qualify. So I would think 100% I'll do it. Okay. I want to do one final thing. I know you want to go party with the Buttery Bros. By the way, have you ever looked up Buttery Bro Buttery Butter? Do you know what Buttery Butter is? <laughs> no. Yeah, you should Google it. It's it's the tub of of lube for anal anal sex. I I mean, I guess it's for it's for um, man loving, and it, that's how it's marketed. So when they chose Buttery Bros, I was like, wow, that's. I mean, that's cool that they came out like that. Um, uh. I want to go to the women's event, uh, West Coast Classic, the fantastic event that Matt O'Keefe and Dylan put on. Do you know Dylan's last name? Malitsky. Malitsky. Dylan Malitsky. Look at Danny Spiegel's ruck run. Yeah. 27th place and a cap. Just ask me because a lot of people have asked me this on Instagram too. D- does this? Well, I the, the, the this is the harshest thing you can say. Does, should that like just take her out of the <clears throat> the running of going to the games right there? Like, hey, you, you just you can't swim or you know whatever whatever it is she couldn't do. But not only that, that's a little harsh. I I I, I don't think that that's fair. But I would think that when you get capped and it's for reasons that have to do with performance and not injury or not weather or whatever, that you just automatically know you can do, you have no chance in hell of winning the CrossFit games. Yes. Well, that's a different, a different question. So winning the CrossFit games compared to should you be allowed to go to the CrossFit game is based on her performance in this event. And so this is my, I, I didn't see what was going on with her specifically in that workout, but I've talked to several people who, we're out on the course, and we're kind of at the transition area. And what I've been told is at the end of the third lap, when she was coming into the arena, she was like kind of stumbling up against the barrier and losing control of her body. So she'd already completed 75% of the work, um, and she's obviously very strong, and she was incapable of taking the 40-pound sandbag off the ground and putting it on her shoulders. And so the medical team said, you need to stop right now. It's not safe for you to continue this workout. So she stopped workout. Oh, shit. I'm glad I circled back on this. I had no idea. So despite that, she wasn't last placed in the field. There were women struggling even more than um, But So you're telling me this woman who's arguably one of the strongest women in the world, in the CrossFit community for sure, was working so – tell me what the event was, the ruck run. Tell tell me like what they did. So the women had a 10-pound ruck that was on their body the entire time. They ran 1,500 meters with it. They came back into the arena and they picked up a 20-pound sandbag that was an external object, put it on their back, and ran another 1,500 meters. They dropped that. They picked up a 30-pound sandbag, put it on their back, ran another 1,500 meters. And at that point, it was the position going into the last lap, which we were supposed to pick up a 3-pound sandbag, one more 1,500-meter loop. And the medical team saw the condition she was in and her inability to do that and stumbling into some barriers. This is and I haven't gone back to watch to see if you can see it. And they said, you need to stop doing this workout right now. So she was in bad shape at that point. They looked at her, evaluated her similarly to Brandon Luckett or this girl on a team who had a similar experience in that workout. Um, so it was a safety thing at that point. I, uh, she was trying to continue and do as work as she could, despite knowing she was going to have a bad finish. You know, at some point you have to prioritize the health, and I think that based on what I've heard, the medical team did the correct thing. There. 
Uh, and so she was 4,500 meters into the race when she picked up the, the, the 40 pound bag. When she was attempting to, yes. Okay. That's 2.8 miles. And um, was the run outside? Yeah. Not 8% of the run. Outside. You only came into the arena to <clears throat> drop off your bed, pick up a new bag. So when she was picking up the bed and was there water on the course? There was. And were there misters or any other types of things? Not that I give a shit. I'm just trying to paint the oh, picture oh, for myself. Yes, I'm not being critical. Uh, I don't think there were any misters, no. And how hot was it outside? Uh, I would guess it was nine. Oh, they said it was like between 90 and 90 degrees throughout run at 7.45 in the morning. Ooh, that's brutal. And were they, they were running in the sun. It wasn't like they were running in the shade. A wide open parking lot. Okay. And um, do you know what place she was in when she came through there? Probably pretty close to where she finished, bottom five. Okay. And, okay, so, so she was okay. Hanging, she's, so I was told she was hanging tough middle of the pack until that third lap. And on the back end of the third lap, things started getting very difficult for her. So she's wearing a 10-pound weight vest, and she has to pick up a 40-pound bag. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. So she was, so I, that that's amazing to me. I would that that would that would be so fun to talk to her about about what was going through her mind. Did she show where were you? Why didn't you see this? Let's ridicule you for a second. Shouldn't you have been? Isn't that the spot to be? Um it was it was kind of a strange Were event. you at the venue or were you at some buffet in Vegas? I was at the venue, but if you went like you could go out on the course, but once you went out on the course, you couldn't really move because you weren't allowed to cross the lines and get in the in the like the field of play. So I chose instead to sit in the stands and watch the broadcast and listen to it, figuring that would be my best opportunity to take in the most information. And so there, and so there must have been cameras there. They got yeah. it since it was cameras at this transition point. Uh, yeah, but all I could see the the had fin our, one of my responsibilities at the competition when the event finishes is to get the top three times and the men and immediately and send them to the publishing team for, for the loud and loud so i was with the scoring team making sure i had the top three finishes trying to oh. the caption to summarize the event so i wasn't so focused on the bottom five finishers in the event at that point Oh, man, you just saved yourself. I was just about to pick up my phone and text Tommy and tell me, ask him if he wants to step in for you on the Sevon podcast. That is all so valid at Brian Friend CrossFit. That is some valid shit. Okay. And by the way, no one can tell you not to cross the course. You do you. Okay, so so what you're saying is is that both of my both, – but I, I, let, let's say that she um, – let's say that it's fine if you get capped. You still get to go to the games. And this is one of those examples why I don't think that's a good rule. I don't, I, I don't think that someone who can't finish an event should be automatically DQ'd because of the weather. And that was one of the things I said actually in the beginning. She, th- this could not be – she can get her head psychologically wrapped around this, that this wasn't her fault and that she can still podium or win the games. It wasn't like yeah, she just didn't – To me, the punishment was she only earned – you know, how many points you're under that event? Like six to twelve or something. Like yeah. you're taking a pretty significant hit on the leaderboard relative to your competitors, and you have to then fight back from that. But look at her other event finishes: second, sixth, fifth, first, sixth, third. You're telling me you don't want to see this competitor at the games? And yeah, and what's it say about her mental strength? So minus that event, her event finishes are just as good as Carrie Pierce's, who we already said 
could have won the competition. And a ruck run like this, you know, this, there wasn't, at the Granite Games, there wasn't a ruck run. There wasn't a long event, and they only had six tests. So imagine you don't have the ruck run, and she has everything inside top six. We might be talking about the winner of the competition. Yeah, I totally agree. Yep. She, uh, uh, close, maybe, maybe move up a place or two because Bethany Shadburn did beat her by 90 points. We might. Right, right, right. Okay, Brian, that's a pretty good, uh, except for your shirt. I think that was near perfect. (laughs) Yeah, I think I'm happy we did this tonight while this was fresh in my mind. 